faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound, this amazing stranger from the planet Krypton, the man of steel, Superman. Empowered with X-ray vision, possessing remarkable physical strength, Superman fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice, disguised as a mild-mannered newspaper reporter, Clark Kent. Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, where Superman gets his power from the yellow sun of Earth, and we get grace and truth from the sun of heaven. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Let's get right to the news Jeremy, you what is this about KFC I'm hearing? Something KFC Canada? Uh KFC's delicious? Yeah, wait, here's something funny though. Did you know when I went to Canada and this if you're a Canadian listener, you uh-huh. can correct me on this. Uh-huh. When I went to Canada, I thought KFC was called PFK. Why? They've changed I don't know because apparently in in Canadian <laughs> in Canadian? In Canadian language. No, it said PFK and it had the Prince the Colonel's finest Prince Chicken? Fre- yeah, something like that. Anyway, maybe it is. So if you're in Canada and you're listening, is it PFK or is it KFC? I think Sorry, you're thinking go of PF Chang's. No, 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 no. Asian I, Bistro. Don't, uh, don't insult me. I know my PF <laughs> right. Chang's. All right. So tell us what about KFC. So this is super PFK. important. This is the most important news that we could lead yes. with, which is why we have. This is hard hitting, fresh news. KFC Canada yep. introduces the Bitcoin bucket. Oh. Uh, it's a meal. $14,000 meal. It does not cost fourteen. <laughs> whatever the current exchange rate, as far as I can tell. Yes, yeah. Uh, for 20 fiat, there Canadian it is. dollars, yep. worth of digital currency, you get, just listen to this. Okay. You get 10 original recipe chicken tenders. Ooh, doggy. Waffle fries. Ooh. A medium side. Wait, 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 wait. They have waffle fries? Apparently. In Canada. <laughs> gravy. And... Two, not one, not three, but two, two. dipping sauces. I'm going to need more than two for 10. KFC 10 says, sure, we don't know exactly what Bitcoins are <laughs> or how they work, but they shouldn't become between you and some finger-licking good chicken. <laughs> That's awesome. They're right. I love how KFC said that. They're like, we don't know. It. We'll just take it. Yeah. Come on. Bring two, it in. Two sauces. We don't know how to accept it. We don't have a wallet. For an extra Bitcoin, you can get... Three sauces. Figured out. Well, yeah. For next to Bitcoin, you should get the store. <laughs> uh, the Center for Advancement. This is a brand new piece of news. This is how I just roll into it. Uh, speaking of Center for Advancement, uh, the Center for Advancement <laughs> of Science in Space, uh, which is apparently called CASIS or C-A-S-I-S, yeah. and Marvel Entertainment announced the Guardians of the Galaxy Space Station Challenge. What is this challenge? Right. Well, for, for 13 to 18-year-olds, so it's very exclusive yeah but not. i identify as an 18 year old so that should be a good uh to get their low gravity science experiments onto the space station amazing you can get it on there team rocket literally like the pokemon people team Rocket. no no <laughs> yeah. like uh, rocky Ra- yeah yeah rocky, rocky, raccoon. rocky raccoon rocky raccoon uh, <laughs> went up to his room is material sci- or team let me reread this team rocket is material sciences and engineering so if you team, have a, a yeah. science actual science yeah you're not biology in. garbage no 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 right Team Groot is biological garbage, regenerative Ooh. sciences. That's awesome. Yeah. So we we are forcing thirteen to eighteen year olds to pit each other against each other. Pit each other against even each other. pit each other against each other. Pit each other. Uh-huh. Even though Rocket and Groot are best friends, so maybe they never seen the movie. Oh right. They, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Way Whatever. to go, Marvel. Uh, anyways, that's cool. Well done. You might get your uh, yeah. If, if you're thirteen to eighteen or identify as such, you might get your yeah awesome science experiment done on the uh, space station. Yeah. Let's get kids into space. That's the what I want. The kids actually are not allowed to go. Oh, it's okay. just their experiment. I, I thought we were getting them yeah. in space. Uh, Fox Movies. So we've talked a little bit about this. Fox was bought by Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so things, things are, are already changing. Things are changing. We're changing stuff up. New Mutants has moved back 10 months. 10 months. Yowza. That's a long time. So, I thought it was almost out. Yeah. 
Well, I think it was almost out. And then Marvel probably looked at it and thought, this is horrible. Ah. We need 10 months more because Fox, like, just, they just throw things into a movie. They're like, this will be fun. It'll, and then Marvel shows up like, no, no, no. It'll come out non-horror. Yeah. Well, now that it, yeah, it'll be really, like, kid-friendly. Uh, Deadpool 2 moved up a week. Rated G now. So <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I saw that JK. it's... They're thinking that would be to uh, not compete directly with the Han Solo yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, they'll keep it exactly. People yeah. are like so nervous. They're like, there's going to be Mickey Mouse and Deadpool now. It's like, you're, you'll are you have your little Deadpool movie. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Mickey Mouse will be in the background. Like right. He's not going to be a huge part. Okay. But he is in it. Uh, Gambit lost another director. I don't think that has anything to do with Marvel. I think it's just, I think it's a horrible oh, script. Nobody wants to do it. Well, they've lo- they lost like four directors before this. Gambit was my favorite in the uh, cartoon in oh, the yeah. 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Love with his, guy. oh, Sherry, he's like from Louisiana. He's got that Cajun accent. Yep. I can't yep. do it, so I'm not even no. going to try. Oh, Sherry. He's definitely not French. Star Wars songs played only with paper and pencil. Now, I had no clue what this was. And then Jeremy literally just showed me, and it blew minutes ago. It blew my mind. Tell us what that is, Jeremy. It's a person writing on a piece of paper with a pencil. Yep. Writing of formulas. <laughs> yeah. But if you listen closely, yeah. it's the... And if you and she does all of them. Yeah. That's great. And if you work out the equation... No. No, it doesn't do anything. I mean, right. go ahead. Two plus th- seven is Cantina song. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this mm-hmm. comes from atlasobscura.com. This is a really cool website I like. It takes you all around the globe and kind of shows you weird and unusual things. And it also talks about like weird, unusual foods, all sorts of stuff. So go check it out, atlasobscura.com. This is the title of the article. The impossible task of reconstructing the rules to an ancient board game. So this is really, really cool. Uh, The tagline says, how would you figure out Monopoly with with no instructions and half the pieces missing? So they found this ancient tomb of a fourth century Germanic like chieftain and inside was kind of the your basic stuff, your pots, your jewelry, whatever. Right. But then they found this unusual board hmm. and a bunch of little pieces. And they have no clue what game it was. So then there's this whole it's really cool. There's this scientist who's literally like his whole job is just piecing what this game was together, like piecing history together. Um, he thinks it's this old game called Trank uh Latrunculi. La Trunculi. La mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is they found this tomb 300 years after the last mention of La Trunculi. Which, and, and the funny thing is they don't even know how to play La Trunculi. Like they're trying to piece that together. They just saw it referenced somewhere. Yeah, they saw it referenced. And it, there's other board games that they played. Like um, in the ancient e- Egyptian era, there's this mm-hmm. game called Senate. Yeah. And it's kind of like chess, but people still don't really know all the rules because nobody ever wrote them down. Right. right. Uh, so it's it's really cool. Like this this whole article, you can go there at atlasobscura.com and find it. But it tells you how he's trying to to piece it together from poetry and from literature and looking for mentions of the game. So like if we wrote in a book, it said like, well, that's 30 Monopoly money. Yeah. And then 300 years from now, people are trying to piece together how we played Monopoly. Like, that's really cool. It's kind of neat. I think you could do with, I guess I'm assuming you read English still because yeah. the cards are super descriptive. They say like. Do not pass go. Yeah, it tells you what to do. <laughs> do not collect your Yeah, I think we're good in 300 years. I think people will know. Uh, the last little piece of news here, and this is probably the most important news of the day. This is Dragon Ball Z shoes are coming from Adidas. Now, Dragon Ball Z, for Jeremy, he doesn't yeah, know. He I has don't no know. clue. No. And it, it's much to his great shame. Dragon Ball Z is an anime, which is probably one of the, the best anime fighting animes of all time. So it's What makes amazing. it the best? Just the characters, the action, 
the Kamehameha waves. <laughs> I'm going to have to show you some episodes sometime. It's going to blow your mind. I'm really busy coming up. Uh, anyways, Dragon Ball Z shoes from Adidas. I want to buy them. They're probably going to be like $3,000 per pair. Check them out. Sounds good. Check them out. All yeah. right. Let's get to the main event. We had some discussion mm. on the Facebook page, yeah. on our Nerd Gospel Facebook page. And somebody said, oh, you should talk about Superman. Yeah. And I said, all right, done. done. We're going to do it. We take immediate suggestions without immediate, even considering. So if you want us to talk about anything, we will talk about anything, well, within reason. <laughs> within yeah. reason. We were issued a challenge yes. uh, by our Oh, yeah, let's hit the challenge first. compatriots at the Reformed Brotherhood. The Reformed Brotherhood challenged us. They said, yeah. find out how Smog, or some people say Smaug. The dragon. The Smaug. The like uh, Chris Walken, Smaug. <laughs> um, how, how does Smog, that's the correct pronunciation. Okay, all right. How does he fit into the gospel? So, man, so easy. Jeremy and I heard it. We were yeah. like, oh, pff, easy. We came up with six ways, just six, which we're writing zero, zero effort. <laughs> we were digging deep into Old Testament he, he, Yeah, done. This, and yeah. It, we, it's so easy, we don't even need to talk about it. No, it's so, far too simple. But just know that we won, and we yeah. figured it out. Um, anyway, here, here's one. Here's one or two. I'm throwing at you right off the top of my head. The rich fool who stores up his treasures. Hello. Uh, hello. Duh. I would know that. Okay. Uh, t- tomorrow, Bilbo will require your life from you. <laughs> okay. Yes, of course he will. Uh, what about um, the slumbering and sleeping and the uh, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Bilbo will shine his light upon you? That that one's a stretch. Yeah. Anyways, no, we're done. None of, none we of figured those were it the out. Six. The six we won. were much better. The six were much better, yeah. but those were just off the top. We're, uh, we're happy to take up any challenge and let you know that we defeated it without purpose. And throw down, throw down our gauntlets. Let's get to the main event, Man of Steel, which is Superman, mm. and the Man of Sorrows. Man of Steel, Man of Sorrows. So I often hear, I don't often hear it. That's probably, that's probably too, much, too yeah. intense. I've heard pastors say, oh, well, uh, Jesus is the greatest superhero, or Jesus is Superman. Mm-hmm. Now, that's... Yeah, so here's what, that's what we're going to talk about, okay? okay? Because the thing is, Superman and Jesus are a lot alike. Like, if you wanted to pick one superhero that probably mirrored Jesus the most, it's probably Superman, or at least the original iteration of him. Okay. okay. What do you? Who do you think? Deadpool? What? <laughs> that mirrors Jesus? No, no, not like I'm. I'm talking about like just big archetypes. Yeah, big archetypes. Uh, I mean, the whole superhero concept is an archetype. Of yeah. Course. Well, they share, but I'm talking like this is literally. Soups. Okay, we're gonna go through it. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to think about that. Maybe yeah. by the end, I'll have a. Yeah, you're gonna be dead. We're gonna be dead on. All right. Uh, but here's the thing: you should never do that. Like you shouldn't. You shouldn't say that because it, there's gonna be. We're gonna talk through this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, before we get too deep in the woods here, this, mm-hmm. this is a hard hitting question, Jeremy. What is your kryptonite? Like, what is your number one kryptonite in this world? What it, what what makes you weak? Right. And takes away your powers. Yeah, uh, my way. Oh, man, that's so lame. <laughs> he told I knew he was going to do that. You know what my kryptonite is? Pepsi. That, yep. Yeah. Pepsi. <laughs> because the second I see, like nobody walks into a business and they're like, I'm like, hey, um, they're like, what do you want to drink? And I'm like, oh, can I have a Diet Coke? And they go, ooh, we only have Pepsi products. And I'm like, I'll just go somewhere else. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I just walk out. They're handing you your food you know, already. You're like, no, like, I don't want You it. have a bunch of kids over. It's like, hey, kids, what do you want to drink? You know, one kid maybe says, I'll have a Pepsi, please. And you're just like, um, we're going to need to talk about Johnny. Are you against, you're against colas? Or no, specifically Pepsi. the Pepsi No, but you like, Pepsi's horrible. It's horrible. The branding's horrible. I don't the understand. taste is awful. It tastes the same. No, it's, it's a cola. garbage. It's garbage. Anyways, Pepsi it. is my kryptonite. If it touches my lips, I, I fall. I shudder. Yeah. <laughs> my body quivers. I'm going to start... Figuring out ways to hand just you slip, a Coke that's slip actually Pepsi, Pepsi <laughs> to, to just to see what happens. Um, if you had a superpower, what would it be? 
I've always wanted to, well... I have the best superpower, so it's going to... Every, every superpower that I've imagined, I've always had a nefarious reason for wanting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. See, so that's what you got Unfortunately, I don't want any superpowers. Oh, okay. Because I'll, my sin... So your superpower is not wanting superpowers. That would be nice. I always wanted flight. I feel like that was the safest. Like there's not, uh, yeah. there's not much that I can do with flight in evil. You're kind of <laughs> like a, you're kind of like a Solomon. Like God comes to you, he's like, Jeremy, I'm going to give you a superpower. And you go, I'll take wisdom. Oh, and he's like, oh, nice. well done. That would be really well nice. Yeah, My superpower, if I could have one superpower, I've thought long and hard about this, of course. is I would like to be able to find anything in the entire world just by thinking about it. So like imagine somebody goes missing. The mm-hmm. cops come to me. Mm-hmm. Where Where is Bobby? And I go, Bobby so-and-so. And I could help people out. I could find ancient artifacts. I could find all sorts. Wouldn't that be cool? And you don't even have to leave the house. You I can know. just tell people where they I can are. just tell people where it is. So that's the coolest thing. Like, I could find these ancient biblical, you know, archaeology stuff. Man, it'd be so cool. That's the greatest mm-hmm. power. And if you could find everything, then you would know where all of your enemies were. And I you know. could easily avoid them. I know. Because I know. you'd be able to be like, where's... Where's uh, Captain Finder Man? Captain Finder. Oh wait, you're Captain Finder. <laughs> yeah, I'm Captain Finder. No, that's a I, Captain so Seeker. You'd be it's against funny. Captain S- Captain Loser. Captain Loser, he's the one that loses yeah. everything. Uh, so that's my power. That's the best power. And you know, I ask my kids, my youth kids, and they go invisibility, and I'm like, uh, you jerks. I know exactly what. Or it's it's either invisibility or like be able to be rich or something like that. I'm like, yeah. you guys got to think bigger. You right. know, no Captain no invisibility. Finder thinks big. Invisibility is lame because like then what happens if you're in a fire? At least the Captain Finder's like, where's the? Where, am I going to be in a fire? Where's a fire? And then I'll know to avoid fire. So you've turned it into omniscience somehow. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. The character, so Superman, the yeah. character was created by writer Jerry Siegel and artist Joe Schuster. Mm-hmm. These were, they were high school students living in Cleveland when they did this. I did not know that. Wow. That's really, really cool. Uh, in, in 1933, so Soup's been around for a long time. Yeah. They sold Superman to Detective Comics, the future DC, uh, in 1938. And Superman debuted in Action Comics number one. Now, Action Comics number one is the most, I'm pretty sure, the most expensive comic of all time. Yeah. Other than something like, you know, like an older, older comic, like one of the first comics, right? Like what? Like hieroglyphics. Oh. Yeah. Those are, those are the first <laughs> You comics. can imagine a, a big hieroglyphic panel would probably go <laughs> go really well. Um, Superman is born Kal-El. Oh, oh uh, some quick notes about the comic. It, the number, number one sold for $3.2 million. Moody. So if you're like... If your mom back in 1940 was like, hey, throw out your comic and you're listening to this and you're like, we have a lot of 90 year old listeners, like yes, 100 year old listeners. Of course. If you li- and you're like, oh, mom, you know, I feel you. Yeah. So uh, just for some pers- perspective, Nicolas Cage bought one. He lost it. Then they, it turned up again. It sold, but he had already gotten the insurance money. So he, whatever. Exactly. Nicholas, I think Leonardo DiCaprio owned one at one time. Maybe that was a rumor. Um, Superman is born Kal-El. That's a good name. If, you're, if you want to know what name you're, Boy or girl. Kal-El. Kal-El. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful name. On the alien planet Krypton, his parents, Jor-El, or Lara, they were scientists, and they knew about an impending doom. So instead of saving the whole everybody, or, in, or I think they warned the planet, right. and they were like, meh, global warming, or whatever. They were. <laughs> wow. What? Wow, this got really political. <laughs> uh, they were like, eh, whatever. It's not going to blow up. And they're like, all right, we're going to save our kid. And they said, okay. How come they didn't go with him? Because the spaceship was too tiny. But why did they build a bigger spaceship? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's been other like iterations where like they did survive or they, you know, uh-huh. whatever. Did you see the new? Uh, Doesn't matter. I think it's Netflix series that's coming out. Yeah, on Krypton. Yeah, Krypton. This was shared on our it's page. Like Fifty years before. Yeah, like the backstory the, the of his of parents it? and stuff. Except no one has superpowers on Krypton. Right? I don't know. We'll see. No, no, no. They don't because it's the yellow sun that gives them the powers. Right. So Krypton is made of guess what? 
kryptonite. Kryptonite. Yeah, you're right. But that's because of the explosion that it becomes because it has yeah, its yeah, and then this yellow sun like affects him. So amazing. I know, absolutely incredible. So he escapes and he becomes superpowered. The spacecraft, 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 uh, spacecraft lands in rural United States, mm. where it's found by Jonathan and Martha Kent. And he Clark Kent grows up, and he um, Kal El becomes Clark, and the rest is history. Yeah. So he joins, you know, uh, the Daily Planet, all that stuff, Metropolis. So let's talk about him in film and TV. I, I did this poll, and somebody said, well, you need to kind of delineate between film and, like, comics. Right. Different Be- guys. Yeah, different guys, really, because when when Superman first started out in the film, he was way different than he is now. Mm-hmm. And then also in the comics, he's, he's a lot different than he is now as well. Mm-hmm. So I like the comic version, and a lot of people don't know about the comic version, so they don't like Superman at all. But the Superman comic version is really great. What is he like? Well, he's like truth, justice, American way, uh-huh. right? Before the American way was like a bad word or whatever. Right. <laughs> you know? We don't want to do it the American way now. Yeah, now we can't do that. Uh, originally, he was very weak. So when it says he was faster than a speeding gold bullet, mm-hmm. that was about it. Like you could shoot a gun and he'd like just beat the bullet. Right. Okay, and catch it. He didn't go get a sandwich while dodging the bullet. Yeah, the original, more powerful than a locomotive. Like nowadays we're like, duh. Like he could <laughs> stop a planet nowadays, okay? But okay. back in the day he was like, he could push a locomotive and it would it would be like, a, you know, right before it fell off the cliff. Yeah. He would just stop it. Right. Able to leap tall buildings in a single band. Now this is interesting. He couldn't fly originally. A lot of people don't know this. He could just leap. Just a big jumper. Yeah, big jumper. Hmm. Uh, and and then the, yeah, leap tall buildings in a single band. It's Superman, you know. They call him the Man of Steel. If you think about steel, it's strong, but yes. it's not titanium, right? Mm-hmm. Nowadays, he's like invincible. So let's talk about some some stuff here. In the 80s and 90s, he became super strong. So what happened was DC was bleeding money, and they needed something. They, I mean, they were pumping out these... Com- you can see comic covers in, in comic shops yeah. that are like holofoil, and they're like, they're, like they're, they're doing everything to draw kids into these to buy these things. Right. And so every single comic in like the like the late 90s and stuff were just these outrageous storylines trying to drag people to in to buy a comic. Mm. Okay. Nowadays all those comics are 50 cents, 25 cents. They're not worth anything right. because they have these massive produce anyways. So he became crazy strong. He at one point he grew long hair. So in the Death of Superman you'll see he has like shoulder length hair. Oh yeah. Because that was a 90s thing. Right. And so he's adapted to the culture, mm-hmm. which is but he's always maintained his his basic premise, right? I love how it sounds like you're talking about some guy that like just went with the fads yeah. rather than a creation <laughs> on paper. Yeah. Well this is, you know, he's like part of our culture now, Superman. Okay. So so he's always he kind of grown up there. Uh, so here's some great storylines where he's kind of changed a little bit. All right. And these are these are good storylines, but they're not like canon. All right. One of my favorites is All Star Superman. So this, the theme of this is Lex Luthor is going to blow up the sun. So he sends off this like nuclear warhead. Won't this, that kill Lex Luthor? He it, so it's it's really complicated, but okay. he it, it's he knows Superman's going to stop it. So what happens is Superman stops it, but he gets too close. He goes closer to the sun than he's ever been, and it over accelerates his molecules. Oh no! Because he gets power from the sun. Yeah. So Superman only has a few months to live, but during the time he becomes more powerful than he's ever been, and he does some of his greatest feats. Like. So like he un- he solves the ultimate riddle like he goes to the to the <laughs> the riddler came and- no he goes to this um <laughs> like ultimate entity called the sphinx or something and uh, they ask the unanswerable question and he answers it and how he gets there is Hercules calls him in there to get a- then Hercules challenges him to a fight and he beats Hercules <laughs> like it's really it's a really cool storyline because Superman is just at his peak 
he creates a serum so that Lois Lane can be Superman for a day. And they fly around and do... It's awesome. It's really, really cool. And then it ends with him just... He dies. Yeah. But but for, you know, I think it's six story arcs, six comics. You see Superman at his best uh-huh. because he's just an ultimate being of himself. And he solves all these... It's wonderful. It's really, really cool. So that's a really great storyline. All-Star Superman. Go check it out. Um, this is not so great. In the recent New 52, when they rebooted mm-hmm. the series, Superman came back. They wanted to bring him back to his origins and he came back wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Clark Kent. Clark Kent. <laughs> and so he didn't have his his, you know, suit and whatnot. And he was wasn't as strong as he was. He could like stop boulders and stuff, but he was definitely retroactively depowered, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. People didn't like it because they were so used to it. So now he's back to his super ultimate form and whatever. I liked it. I thought it was really cool, like seeing him just running around and jumping and doing his old stuff. So what was the best Superman? The best Superman, uh, which I'm going to talk about oh, sorry. coming up here, is this uh, storyline. I think it's a storyline where Superman is faced with the reality of life mm-hmm. because he is truth and hope and justice in an American way. There's a storyline called um, The Greatest Superheroes. I have it on here somewhere. And um, it's by Alex. Oh, The World's Greatest Hero Superheroes. It's by Paul Denny and Alex Ross. And Superman says, I'm going to end world hunger. And so he wakes up one day and he says, I'm going to end it today. I'm, I'm the fastest male. I can do this. Right. So he fly, the whole story is him flying around. He's getting extra crops from farmers, extra food from supermarkets, and he's just bundling it up and he's going to take it around the world in world hunger. Uh-huh. He, he goes to North Korea and they won't let him in the border. Uh-huh. And he goes to other countries and the warlords are taking it from the people hmm. and he can't do it. He can't stop anything. Yeah. And he ends the storyline realizing he says, I am one man, but I can't do it all. And it's this really cool moment where Superman has to face his humanity and go, what makes me wonderful is my ideals, my truth, hope, and just, but what really makes us wonderful as humanity mm-hmm. is that we all, we're all together. Hmm. And so it's this really cool, like where you just read it and you go, yeah, that's, so we can end world hunger together, not just one man, but it's together. Um, anyways, that's awesome. So that's really, really cool. I like, but that's why I like Superman because he's, he really is, comes back down to earth, yeah. right? The next thing, Lois and Clark, this was Dean Cain. Did you ever watch this? My mom loved this. I know. So it my, was weekly watching. We watched house. it with my parents. Uh, we'd, we'd get like pizza and we'd like mm-hmm. sit down. And, man, it's it was a big deal. Oh, so good. Lois and Clark. Dean Cain was on SNL. I have this vivid memory of him on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And he shows up and he doesn't have his glasses on. And they're like, uh, what, Superman, how are you doing? And he's like, no, it's, it's me, Dean. And they're like, hey, Superman, how you doing? And then he puts his glasses on and they're like, Oh, Dean, you won't believe Superman was just here. And he's like, no, no, it's me. <laughs> you know, because literally in the show, it was just him putting on glasses yeah, and taking them off. No different at all. No different at all. Yeah. That's one thing cool about the new Superman in the new 52 in the comics was when he was Clark Kent, they put him, they put him in baggy clothes mm. and his hair's disheveled and he's like kind of ruddy looking. Yeah. And then when he's Superman, his hair's all twisted and, you know, he's perfect looking. Right. So it actually, they actually said like, we should probably change this. Yeah. You know, um, there's one more. This is the last there's two more quick things here. I just I, I want to geek out a little bit on this episode. Uh, there's two more quick things. There's one really great storyline. I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly which one it is, but Lex Luthor has an interview with Clark Kent. And Clark Kent is sitting there talking with him, and he's telling him how wonderful Clark Kent is. Like, he's, like he loves, like, he goes, he goes, you and I can be friends. We can talk because we're humans. We're actually humans. And he goes, the reason I hate Superman is because he's this alien who thinks he can be human. He thinks he can, you know, and he, and it's this really fun moment where Clark goes, yeah, it would be cool if we could be friends. It would be great. And Lex Luthor has no idea that he's talking to Superman. Like, so that's, it's great when writers play with that 
Yeah. The last, the last, my favorite story is this is from Justice League Unlimited, which is an animated series, mm-hmm. and it's this series called Clash. And what happens is Lex Luthor has built this low-income housing for people for free. And he says, I'm a billionaire. You can just live here for free. And I have um, sustainable power. I've created sustainable power, which will never run out. It just is quantum power, whatever. Yeah. Now, Superman is super wary of it. And Lex says, I want you, Superman, to come be here with me as I unveil this for the public. And he goes, all right, I'll be there to watch you. Mm. So he starts scanning, and he realizes the power has been plated where he can't see. So Captain Marvel, who Shazam, shows up as well. Mm-hmm. And Superman starts plowing through the dirt, digging out this giant power source. He's going to, st- and Captain Marvel says, stop, like, dude, what are you doing? You're ruining everything. He's blowing up buildings. So him and Shazam destroy every single building in this epic fight, this mm-hmm. epic clash. Superman beats Shazam to an inch, like basically into his life. And he turns back into Billy Batson, the little boy. Mm-hmm. And he sees him and he kind of realizes what he's done because he didn't know. Right. And then he looks around and everything's destroyed and it turns out it really was just a sustainable power. Wow. But it was all Lex Luthor's plan to make him look bad. To show him. Yeah, to, to show, show him. World what yeah, to show the world. And Superman, yeah. it was kind of this moment where he had to go step back and go, who have I, what have I become? I've become just as bad as Lex in this moment. But it was, uh, of course, a plot, right? Right, Lex's fault. Yeah. So anyways, um, so the ultimate villains here, Luthor would be Superman. Who would be Batman? Obviously. Joker. Joker. Nemesis. Right. And the whole point of Joker and Luther, their ultimate goal is to destroy the character. Right. Right. It's not, it's not even, you know, and you think about Dark Knight where he's burning all the money. Mm-hmm. And he's, well, who says the famous line, like, some men just want to see the world burn. Is it, is it, uh, yeah. I can't remember if it's Lucius Fox. Is no, it, it's Alfred. Is it Alfred? Uh-huh. Okay. Some men just, well, I can't do my, my Michael Caton. Some men <laughs> just want to see the wild burn. Uh, anyway, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> Anyways, but the whole point is he doesn't want money. He doesn't want power. He wants to destroy Batman's ideals. Yeah. Because if he can destroy the image, if he can destroy that, he's won. Yeah. You take something awesome like that where Batman refuses to do it. He refuses to kill Joker, mm-hmm. right? And then you throw it into the new movie where he's just killing everybody. <laughs> like, well, you didn't need Joker to destroy the ideal like J- Zack Schneider did it. Right. So, <laughs> Zack's got it. You know, but that's the same thing with Lex Luthor. At the, at the heart of it, he wants to destroy who Superman is. He wants to take away the hope. Mm-hmm. He wants to bring the God, right, little g, down to earth. Right. And he try, keeps trying to do it. He can't do it. That's what makes him so good. So that's why I get sad when the new movies come out. No wonder, you know, I don't like Man of Steel. I don't love it. I don't love the new Justice. I don't love all that stuff because they've taken these characters and they've tried to change them yeah. and bring them down so much down to the mud, down to earth, that they can't be ideals anymore. Yeah. We were talking about this beforehand with Captain America, who in the comics, he's like a Hydra agent now. Hmm. And people freaked out about it because Captain America's not a Hydra agent. He's, right. been, he's been fighting Hydra agents for 40 years. Yeah. And now you're like, so the writers are like, we're, we're just trying something new. It's like, yeah, you're, don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. do that because if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it. So let's talk about um, if you can corrupt the superhero, you win. To Our segue into this is Jesus in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And this is really Satan's end goal. Yeah. I think, and in this exchange, is he keeps trying to test Jesus to fall. Right. He wants to see Jesus abandon his ideals. Yeah. You want power? Here, take you up here and, you know, do this. Oh, you want to test God? Throw you off the, the cliff here. Mm-hmm. Throw off the Temple Mount, right? And he keeps testing him, and Jesus rebukes him with Scripture yeah. every single time. And if you've, if you've never read that exchange, you need to read that exchange and then go back and look at the references where scriptures, uh, where Jesus is quoting from. Mm-hmm. He's quoting every single one from Deuteronomy from the wilderness, yeah. 
from Israel in the wilderness. And so he's saying, Satan, I'm the better Israel. I am the true Israel. And where Israel fell due to their temptation in the wilderness, I'm succeeding. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's right. awesome, awesome, awesome. So Satan can't do it. That's kind of the, the big theme of the true villains. Now, the fake villains, the dumb ones in comic books, they just want like money. Money. They're like petty, you know? And it's like such a simple, what are you doing? I'm robbing a bank, right. you know? But, but the big ones, the true arch enemies are the ones who have zero motivation other than just destroying mm. that person. Even revenge ends up being a weaker motive. Like the kind of those mid-level villains, it's going to be something where they feel some slight and then they're going to get revenge. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's the guys that want to destroy the Those ideas. are the ones that are terrifying. Yeah. Those are the ones that get you. Right. Uh, but, the, but the innocence of Superman is really at his core. And so when you take away the innocence of Superman, when you take away his truth, justice, and hope, and all that stuff, then you've just got this shell of a character that is just powerful, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's not fun. So this is when Superman is the Jesus archetype. So here, here's what I'll go through. Think about the similarities, all right? They both have dual natures, Okay. Uh, Jesus is the God man, right? Mm-hmm. Superman is Clark Kent, the earthly man, you know, okay. pretends whatever. Right. Okay. That's the dual natures. Uh-huh. They're both from another world. What in quotes, uh-huh. both, um, seen as invincible men of steel. I say seen as, because we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, they're hated by doers of evil and because of hope and justice, both die and rise again. And they're both persecuted. Mm. Right. So people have made, the stretch. I even read one guy who said um, from the comics, Superman doesn't start his ministry, right? Or start his superhero until around 30 years old. He hangs in the, the farm for 30 years. Hangs around the farm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, he's an alien. So, you know, he's whatever. Uh, now, when you read the actual Bible, these similarities start to break down, obviously, as all these things do. Every time when Jeremy and I do this podcast, we don't think like, now hear this and then go preach a sermon on it or anything like that. Right. Part of it's we're saying, here's a springboard to your unbelieving friend, mm-hmm. or next time you watch this, or next time you think about Superman, think about how does this lead me to the true Christ? How does this lead me to the true Messiah, the true Savior? Yeah, we're not at, we're not saying you know every time you think about this, put these two together. That's silly. Don't do that yeah. because they're you know Jesus is real, the true God Man, mm-hmm. and he's it's in a whole different universe. Okay, a whole different league of his own. So, anyways, I'm just my little. Caveat. There's no crying in baseball. Right. There's no crying in baseball. Uh, so when you read the actual Bible, these similarities start to utterly collapse. But that's why I said from a worldly perspective. So from a worldly perspective, I have often hear people saying, uh, Superman and Jesus, they're just alike. Hmm. Right. Uh, Jesus is the greatest superhero of all time. It's been said that all scholars, when they look down the well of history, so Easter's coming up. Yeah. And you'll see all these things on like his uh, history channel. They'll say, seeking the historical Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they've had all these quests for the historical Jesus, the new quest, all these things, whatever. And it's been said that as scholars look down the well of history, they see the water, they see Jesus, and it comes back looking at like their face. Right. And so here's what I'm trying to get at as we jump into this next part here. As people, as we look at Superman, as we, as we look at these archetypes in culture and in history where people borrow from the Bible and borrow from Jesus, the Messiah, mm-hmm. We, we see them trying to morph Jesus into their own image. And as we look down the well of history, we all do this in a way. Yeah. Like Jeremy looks down and, and he has to fight the feeling to make Jesus look like what he wants him to look like. Right. And I have to do the same thing. I have to fight it. I don't want to say, well, my Jesus, you know, uh, baby Jesus, eight pounds, you know, like whatever, Talladega Nights. That's the classic thing. Like, you know, my Jesus is a Leonard Skinner singing. You ever seen Talladega Nights? No. 
What? That's a horrible movie. I can tell from the... Wow. Okay. Well, now we're going to have to watch that. Anyways. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, there's this... uh, There's this... uh, we hear that all the time. Like, well, my, the Jesus that I know would never say that the Jesus that I know would always support this. Yeah. Like it, it's always like you, you get the idea of what you want Jesus to be from some story that you tell yourself and then you apply it to all these things around you and you can't do that. You have to look at what Jesus said and what he did. And And I think, I think if you peeled away the onion, if you asked like any person, okay, Mm -hmm. believers, non-believers, and you said, tell me about, you're Jesus, and you ask them a few questions. Right. You're, you know, and you say, you're Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's what they do. I think you either get 95% will say Jesus is like fully man in their idea, in their mind, right. or you get 95% going over here, well, he's fully God, and only 5% on both sides would be pretty balanced about it, mm-hmm. right? Because the thing is, he, he is 100% God, 100% man, 100%. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll hear, I, I go, well, how could Jesus do that? Well, he's God. Okay, well, how, why did Jesus do that? Uh, because he was a man. It's like, yeah, but it's not like he, he wasn't faking being a man. And then over here, he's faking being God. You know, it wasn't like he cheated. Right. He was really a man. And so that's, that's really interesting uh, as we think about like Superman. Superman doesn't, a lot of people think he's faking Clark Kent. Hmm. He really is Clark Kent. Yeah. He, he would say he fakes Superman because he feels like really Clark Kent. So uh, let's talk about putting these characters down in the mud. Now, J- Jeremy and I love Seinfeld. We really love boom, 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 right? We love Seinfeld. And if you've seen any episode of Seinfeld or you've heard Jerry Seinfeld talk, he loves Superman. Mm-hmm. He always talks about Superman. Here's an article by Peter Melman, who is kind of a goofy looking guy. He was one of the writers on Seinfeld, hmm. but he talks about this fascination with Superman. Okay. So he says this, just consider Superman was devoted to truth, justice in the American way. The Seinfeld characters were devoted to lying, cheating, and getting their own way for his, for his all Two human problems, Jerry looked to someone from Krypton in his puny narcissism. George thought, sought inspiration from the paragon of selflessness. <laughs> so all throughout the series of Seinfeld, they take, they take Superman and they try to bring him into the mud with them. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what would Superman do here? You know, And it's some, like, it's some silly thing where this girl who can <laughs> read lips... Oh, read lips. You read lips. Yes. And so, so they go, oh, she's like Superman. She's like our very own Superman. We'll right. use her, you know? Yes. And in discussing how the girlfriend never laughs, he says, the jokes keep bouncing off her like Superman. And so they keep bringing it back to mm-hmm. Superman would be just with us right here. Yep. There's a girl that always wears the same dress and they're like, is it like Superman's costume? Yeah, the cape. Like, <laughs> she just always wears the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, they're often, they exalt the icon of Superman while simultaneously bringing him down to their level. During lunch in the stock tip, for example, Jerry says, I think Superman would probably have a very good sense of humor. George says, I never heard him say anything really funny, Jerry says, but it's common sense. He's got super strength, super speed. I'm sure he's got super humor. George, you would think that, but either you're born with a sense of humor or you're not. It's not going to change even if you go from the red sun of Krypton all the way to the yellow sun of the earth. Jerry, why? Why would that one area of his mind not be affected by the yellow sun of earth? George, I don't know, but he ain't funny. And of course, by then, George is already irritated. He's already irritated. <laughs> now, you, you, read the, you hear that conversation, you go, well, that's, why would, you know, that's what a foolish thing. How many times have you heard somebody, a Christian, say, I wonder, was Jesus funny? Hmm. Did Jesus have, was he a funny person? Mm-hmm. And we kind of sit back and we go, well, if he was fully God and fully man, wouldn't he have a sense of humor? Of course, he'd be like, hilarious. Of course, he'd be funny. Like, we're, so we're kind of Jerry on the exchange. But you see the you see the parallel, how we, we ask these questions about Jesus, 
Because at the core of them, some of us, we really want to know mm-hmm. more about him. And we want, to, we want to reiterate the fact that he really was human. He really did thirst. Yeah. He really did hunger. Uh, he wasn't faking being super. He wasn't faking being a human. He wasn't just Superman wearing Clark Kent. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's kind of what I'm getting at here. So, in a very Seinfeld way, we take Jesus and we put him in the mud with us in a lot of ways. And so we put words in his mouth. We say, "Well, he wouldn't say this, or he wouldn't do that." My, not my Jesus. Um, and then you you start reading. You know, I'll read some of the harsher words of Jesus, and people will be like, "Oh, well, that that part was not him." That was that was added later. That was re- oh, so the part you didn't like was added by him. Oh, Superman. Well, that's not him. You know, that's that's you know the the new movies when they change. Well, they changed him. The writers have changed him. That's not the original. You know. Yeah, the, I forget who it is. Maybe Lewis. I think everything's Lewis though. But somebody said, uh, or probably a lot of people said, if you if the Jesus that you know has never said anything that offended you, it's probably not Jesus. Yeah. Because you got, you're not the same as Jesus. So if all of your thoughts match up with the thoughts of Christ, you've got the wrong Christ. Yeah, he was sinless. Mm-hmm. And, and you're you full. Not. You're not. <laughs> uh, Joan Osborne famously said in the song, what if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home. What if? What if, then Jeremy? That wouldn't be God. Then that wouldn't be God. Boom. But this is what this is what our culture does, and so we have Jesus as our homeboy T-shirts, mm-hmm. right? We have um, little bobblehead Jesuses. We're trying to make him this. He's a lion, and we want to domesticate him, yeah, because he scares us. Mm-hmm. The Jesus of the Bible, if you read him at his word and you take him at his word, and he says, "Take up your cross, follow me." He's not joking. Yeah. He's not saying, you know what? Taking up your cross today is just loving that coworker. That's not, you know, and people will say, no, taking up your cross means are you ready to die daily Mm. for the cross? Are you ready to die to sin? Are you ready to really, really fight against your sin? Yeah. That's what he's talking about. And so the world loves human Jesus, but they hate divine Jesus. They hate Superman. And and this is, so in a way, we're all a little Lex Luthor. Mm. We're all a little Lex Luthor. We We don't like... The, the super-powered, we don't like divine Jesus because he's too untouchable, hmm. right? We want to bring him down to the mud and to the dirt with us, and so we try to say, well, Jesus would be okay with this. He just loves everybody. He would be okay with this. No, that's the, the God of the universe, and he's not okay with it. He's already said it in his, right. in his word. He's yeah. not okay with it. So we have to be really careful. Gandhi, you've probably heard this. Pastors have quoted this. Gandhi famously said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike Christ. And I've heard pastors quote that and, and use it as an indictment right. against Christians and go, now you heard what Gandhi said. Now, come on. Right. We got to be better. And I, want, I hear that and I go, you know, Gandhi wasn't a believer. Right. So you're hearing the words of an unbeliever and you're using it to indict believers yeah. and tell us how bad we are. Gandhi practiced another religion. Gandhi didn't, I guarantee you, Gandhi never barely read the Bible probably, right? Mm-hmm. Like and I the, doubt he knew who the real Jesus was. And the Christ that Gandhi admired so much was... One made in his own image. It's this that like, yeah. Gandhi saw the world should be a certain way, and then he took the parts of Christ that matched the way he saw the world, and of course he liked that. Yeah, and this is why we're Jeremy and I are going through this series. We're starting a new series called Back to the Basics. We have to get back to the basics because in our day and age, in the next 20, 30 years, there's this really big wing of liberal Christianity mm-hmm. trying to break itself free from conservative Christianity, from orthodox Christianity. Yes. And Rob Bell is kind of, in my generation, he kind of have started this new posh movement, right? Mm-hmm. And in his book, he, in his book, Love Wins, he quotes this. He quotes Gandhi, and somebody writes on it, 
uh, on the quote, underneath the quote of this art show, Mm -hmm. writes, well, it's a shame Gandhi's in hell. Mm. And Rob Bell goes out of his way in the book going, really? Gandhi in hell? Really? You really think Gandhi's in hell? Gandhi who did all this peace, whatever. And he's he's saying all these accolades of Gandhi. And that's the liberal mindset is that, well, Gandhi did all these great things. He must be in heaven. Right. He worked. He worked his butt off. Right. And so he must be in duh, because you're saved by works, right? If anyone deserves heaven, it must if he, be Gandhi. he deserves it. How dare God not let Gandhi in? Yeesh. I know. And so you read Rob Bell, and this is the liberal kind of where we're pushing. And so we're asking you, if you're listening to this, mm-hmm. I, I want you to push back on that. Because Jesus, like the thing about Gandhi is works don't save Gandhi. Right. Gandhi did had a false gospel. He had a false Messiah, right? He wasn't one to be part of the church. Like the church is messy. The Christians are messy, but we are the bride of Christ. Right. And if you talk bad about his pro- bride, guess what? He died for us. If you talk bad about my wife, like that's, we're going to have some words. Hmm. If you talk bad about the bride of Christ, you know, at the end of days, he's going to have some words with you. So think about that as we move on. And so we need to be careful as Christians, especially nerdy Christians, when we encounter culture trying to spoon feed us their version of Jesus. We have to be careful because the Bible, as we talked about in the last episode, is our ultimate authority. Yeah. We have to go back to the Bible. And if the culture's saying, oh, he's our homeboy, or oh, Jesus is Superman, or you know, there's this new t-shirt going around, uh, which people have shared with me, and it's whatever, but it, Jesus is sitting on a something with Hulk and Superman and all these other people, and he's going, here's how I saved the world. And it's k- kitschy, whatever, uh, and I get people, their appeal to it, but that's that's saying here's a bunch of fictional characters and here's just one more fictional character sitting in the middle. Hmm. Another guy who had a story of saving the world. Yeah, just another guy who had a story, just, you know, just an old book. That's, that's not what we're saying. And that's definitely not what our podcast is about. Yeah, it's definitely not. So that's what we're uh, encouraging you to listen to here. It is at the same time. uh, Jesus is the divine logos. He bleeds, he hungers, he thirsts. He is, in Hebrews 1.3, it says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Jesus is the word. He is the God-man. He is the man of sorrows, right? He, uh, there's this, fam- this quote from Dave Zoll, which I heard him talking on uh, White Horse Inn, and he says, culture wants a man of steel, not a man of sorrows. And I heard that maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, and it stuck with me to this very day because I constantly see people wanting Jesus to be the man of steel, and they don't want to read Isaiah 53 and see the suffering servant. Jerusalem didn't want to see it. Yeah. The, right? the Pharisees didn't want to see the man of sorrows. They looked right. at Jesus, and Peter said, what, what's going on here? No, you can't suffer and die. Mm-hmm. Lord, no, what, what are you talking about? And Jesus looked at him and says, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. Get behind me, Satan. And so the indictment on us nowadays is to look at Jesus and go, where's our man of steel? You know, we need manly Jesus. We don't need this wussy. My Jesus isn't a wuss. He doesn't cry. He doesn't do this, you know, all these things. Where's your, no, he's the man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Why? For me, Mm -hmm. for you. And so I'm thankful that that Jesus, when I read the Bible, that he's a man who was tempted in every way, just as I I am tempted, yet without sin. Yet without sin. So if you only have man of steel in your head and you don't have the man of sorrows, if you see him as this superhero, divine um, cheater who kind of cheats on the test and he has the calculator the whole time, right? Mm. And, he, and he really is faking it, mm. um, then you're going to miss the historical real Jesus of the Bible who is the real God-man in the flesh and really suffers, really bleeds, 
really stubs his toe on rocks, you know, yeah. <laughs> like and really sacrificed himself to save your soul and really suffers. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really took your penalty, really took your sin on his shoulders. Uh, we have to move from fictional Superman. We have to move from Aslan. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I love I mean, C.S. Lewis wrote Aslan, wrote Aslan, Aslan mm-hmm. as a way for kids to read Aslan and to move from him. Right. You like to even at, behind Aslan even says there I am in your world but go by another name. And the whole point is that you're supposed to fall in love with Aslan and then go to the Bible and fall in love with the true line of Judah. Yeah. And so I read superheroes. I read Superman and I read Captain America. I love these guys. And I go, man, what makes these guys so great? Who are they? Who are they mirroring? Mm. And they're mirroring Jesus Christ, Mm. the ultimate sacrificial lamb, the ultimate one who laid his life on the line to, for us, right? Died on the cross for us. And so when I, when I watch these movies, I can sit back and be in awe and go, what a savior, what a God I really serve. Not a fictional character, not some foolish thing on paper, but somebody who's real, who really died, and who's really reigning supreme right now. Yeah, That's why I love superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope you do too. And so maybe, hopefully you'll listen to this, and if you didn't like Superman before, at least you'll come away with a little bit more info on him and maybe kind of give it some more fun thing because Superman's really cool. He's actually a really cool character. He's been morphed and changed like we talked about. Yeah. Um, but if you go back to the roots, he did stand for something. And I think, I think eventually we'll get back to that. So, and, and it's important to remember that's not Superman's fault that he's not Batman. <laughs> yeah, Batman's is. obviously superior, but that's not <laughs> Superman's fault. That's not his fault. Okay. That's not, there's one funny thing I'll say last uh, on issue 900 of action comics. They were uh, this big, big edition. And the big news was that Superman was renouncing his American citizenship. Ah. And so it was this really big politically charged thing where he said, I'm now a citizen of earth, hmm. not a citizen of America, you know, United States. Uh, so that just gives you a, a kind of a glimpse of where, where we're going as a society um, and that's fine. Like, I don't, I could care less. About, I didn't read it and go, oh, you know, those snowflakes. And I didn't panic. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> whatever. That could be, this could be cool. Whatever. Because I always saw Superman as a citizen of Earth. Uh-huh. Like, I never saw him as a, an American. I didn't think he actually went and voted. You know, like, well, I guarantee Clark Kent went and voted. <laughs> you're, you're probably exactly He's right. All American boy. Um, the last thing I'll say is you have non Christian authors and writers who encounter these paragons of truth. And they're encountering these stories and they, either see it or they don't see it. And mm. I love the ones who unknowingly don't see it. Yeah. And they put forth these wonderful stories and these wonderful things because they're just putting forth the actual character. The ones who see it and push back on it are the ones who ruin it. Mm. Really ruin the characters. Yeah. And I think Zack Schneider, he hates Superman. He'll admittedly, he admitted to it. Hmm. And that yet they gave him the Superman movie. Yikes. And he said, Superman's too powerful. We want to bring him back to earth. I, I don't like that. He's this do-gooder. So he snaps Zod's neck and right. the movie and all this stuff. And so he wanted to sh- knock him down to size. Mm. And you had Zack Schneider acting as a Lex Luthor. Um, but when the, when they interact with the real character and you see stuff like uh, Captain America, the very first one, and he throws that grenade and Captain, this little tiny boy who, you know, before he's super soldier, Captain America, he jumps on the grenade yep. and he looks at him. And I think he says, well, you know, and he's angry about it. Like he did mm-hmm. it, but that's what, that's what makes Captain America, America. Not because he's American, whatever. It's because he has a heart for doing what's right. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, look at look at superheroes and be like, wow, that's really cool. If your kids like this stuff, then point out to them. Be like, man, Superman's really cool. You know, you know what makes him cool? The the way he stands up for justice. Yeah. And the way he loves 
uh, truth and, 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 and fighting for the little guy. That's what, you know, let me tell you about, let's talk about Jesus now and then talk to your kids about it. Yeah. You know, talk to your friends about it. Like use this as a springboard. Once again, always use this as a jumping point for how you can get your friend who maybe would never interact with this stuff to ask them the hard questions. Like, what do you think? And when you do that, don't forget to stop with the similarities at some point and just start talking about the real Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> Give him the gospel. Give him the truth. Yeah. If you stick with just the similarities, you're missing so, so much. Yeah. It takes maybe two minutes to give mm-hmm. to give the gospel presentation, and that will stick with them for the rest of their lives. Just like Man of Sorrows, Man of Steel, that came back to me, mm-hmm. uh, and it will stick to me the rest of my life because I worship the Man of Sorrows, acquainted with grief, acquainted with grief on my behalf, bore my griefs, my stricken for my transgressions, yeah. um, and that is the one we worship. That is the true Superman, the true Man of Steel, right? Mm-hmm. So. Thanks so much for listening. Um, we're going to be back to the basics next week. We think, yep. We're going to be talking about the doctrine of God, mm-hmm. and then we'll be heading into Black Panther, uh, which is we're super excited about. That's going to be awesome. Gonna be good. And then after Black Panther, I think we'll take a break for a little bit, and we'll do a new series. Uh, we'll still do Back to the Basics off and on, right? Uh, but we'll probably do Lord of the Rings or something like that. We It'll tease all be that. intermixed to keep you guessing. Yeah, you keep don't you know guessing. what to expect. So as always, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please like our stuff. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, and not in your heart, but uh, just with the, the click of outward. A yeah, the outward. <laughs> this is where outward signs really do matter. Uh, like it, review it for us, share it would be great. We are so close to three hundred and fifty in our nerd group, our nerd mm-hmm. nerd gospel group on Facebook, and I just can't. I can't say this enough. I'm going to give something away. Something, We're doing a giveaway here. Something of minor value. Of minor value, maybe ten dollars, maybe. 50 cents. Maybe a bucket of chicken. <laughs> Maybe a, a Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Bitcoin bucket bucket. chicken. If you're interested in that, uh, you know, like the page with your friends. Come on in. Uh, it's really cool just to kind of brag on God and what he's doing here. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to think that Jeremy and I, when we first started this, we had maybe 40, 40 something listeners. Right. Uh, and now each week we get about 200, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And we went from having maybe 70 people and, and just our moms on our Facebook group to now we almost have 350. So be praying for us. Yes. Pray for this. We do this, view this as a ministry. We don't get any money out of this. We do it for free mm-hmm. and we use our own time. And so we're hoping God uh, will continue to uh, just use it for his own glory. Yeah. If I can figure out a way to use your time to do this, I'd be happy to. But right now I'm stuck <laughs> using my own. So anyways, thanks so much for listening. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.